Hey, it's the Baldy Bishops. Oh, good afternoon, Matt. Hey, Alan, you right? I'm not so bad, man. My uh, legs are recovering from going back to the gym and <laughs> doing two two sessions of uh, squats this week. So, uh, yeah. So but, your legs are like, what's going on? Yeah, walking. I, I, living in a three-story house is quite problematic. Uh, of course. Especially when life is done in the middle floor and mm. facilities are both in the bottom and top floor. <laughs> you have to just be running up and down, groaning the whole time. Yeah. Um, but That's other nice. parts of the body are, are compensating to help. So... You said something I can relate to because, yeah, that when you were going, we were going downhill mm. uh, in Newcastle, I think on Monday, and you were like, oh, downhill's the worst. <laughs> and uh, when you've been doing squats or plyometric or jumping or whatever, yeah, yep. that's it. That's the downhill, isn't it? Yeah, man. And uh, we're looking at the body today, aren't Ooh. we? So there you go. Segway. Uh, <laughs> and we're... <laughs> We're looking at uh, we're we're, going, we're finishing off our time in Corinthians or First Corinthians anyway in the in the one another ring of First Corinthians and um, this time we're looking at chapter twelve to fourteen where the church is divided over gifts and worship. So mm-hmm. chapter one to three favorite teachers, chapter eight to ten liberty issues, chapter eleven wealth and status, chapter twelve to fourteen division over gifts and worship. Mm-hmm. Um, so gospel truth leads to gospel identity leads to gospel practice, leads to gospel community. And somewhere along that line, the Corinthians had been missing some something because there wasn't a gospel community. Or there wasn't the reality of the gospel community taking place. There wasn't gospel practice taking place. So Paul's going to bring the gospel implications into this division, mm. chapter 12 to 14. Sound good? Yeah, I can't wait. All right. <laughs> so uh, just to sort of get us landed and going, chapter 12, verse 25, is uh, Paul's using this body illustration. He says... Um, that there be should, be should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. Mm-hmm. So he's speaking about actual the actual body, but it's an illustration of the, the body of Christ, the body of the church. The members should have the same care for one another. It's I beautiful. actually love how God does this, and Jesus did it several times during his earthly ministry, as he moves from the natural to the spiritual. Mm-hmm. He gives us something that we can relate to to help us understand something that otherwise we might not be able to really get a grasp of. Yeah, that's lovely. Um, so what, what do you think it looks like to have the same care, the same care for one another? What does that, what does that look like? And the same care for one another is, um, well, that care would be something that the Holy Spirit gives to us. Mm. Um, so if we're really filled with the Holy Spirit as a community mm. and gospel driven as a community, then we, we share in the same gospel and the same Holy Spirit. So we'll share in the same care. Yeah. Nice one, man. The IV puts it as should have equal concern for each other. Mm. So every part of the body caring for every other part of the body, the same. Mm. It's beautiful uh, mm. imagery there. Um, now, the problem. what's the problem with chapter 12 to 14 is that a lot of people like to use these chapters to argue their doctrinal position on the sign gifts. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's usually why people go to these chapters, unless, you know, chapter 13, someone's getting married. <laughs> I mean, historically, I very rarely gone to these passages without bringing that up yeah that's fair especially chapter 14 right Mm -hmm. um so just elephant in the room some people say that the sign gifts including the gift of speaking in tongues is for today they're known as continuists others believe these gifts have ceased they're known as cessationists 
Um, and actually within Blurton, there's a, a kind of a mixed opinion on this. It doesn't really come up much, but no. there's just a mixed position on, on that. And that's okay. So we're not here this, this afternoon to debate the topic of the sign gifts, because that's actually not the point of chapter the 12 to 14, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, the point is that there's division within the church over these gifts. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're going to discuss today. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not looking at the elephant in the room. In the room. We're looking at the actual... Um, yeah, the, the the main idea of the passage. Yeah, what, what's actually taking place. Because in Paul's day, these sign gifts were functioning, mm-hmm. but they weren't functioning in a healthy way. Um, some people do say that the only way to have a sign gift in this generation, the 21st century, is to be a really mature Christian. Mm-hmm. But what we're going to see in chapter 12 to 14 is that these are remarkably immature people mm-hmm. exercising these sign gifts. Mm-hmm. Like, ungodly Christians. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here. And we've seen that from previous yeah. passages as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, all the way through. Like, mm-hmm. the, I mean, chapter three, you know, you're carnal and worldly yeah, um, and immature, and yet they're able to exercise these gifts. So that, that's, anyway, that's by the by. So, <laughs> <laughs> so chapter, so let's look at the problem. The problem, what's the actual problem in Corinth? And um, in chapter one, it says that the Corinthian church was enriched in all knowledge so they had all this knowledge, but at chapter eight, verse one says they had this knowledge, but they didn't have love. Mm-hmm. And then in chapter one, verse seven, it says they, they didn't lack in any of the gifts, but it's the same problem. They have all these gifts, but what we're seeing here in chapter 12 to 14 is they don't have love. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually yeah. love that these, these three chapters, um, <clears throat> yeah, sandwich chapter 13. Mm-hmm. I love that the middle of it is the love chapter. It's love. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful, man. Um, so these people had the ability to speak in tongues. They had the ability to interpret tongues, the ability to heal, the ability to prophesy, and, and a number of other miraculous gifts that were taking place in the church at Corinth. But these gifts had become another issue for them to divide over. Um, so again, they had knowledge, but not love. Here is the same problem. They have the gifts, but they don't have love. Um, and so what does that look like? Well, what's happening is they're they're not using these gifts to serve their brothers and sisters mm. to the glory of God. Um, So if you can get chapter 12, verse 7. Okay. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. The profit of all. Um, The common good is another translation. Um, And and so these these gifts that God gives his people, they're meant to be used to build up your brothers and sisters, to serve your brothers and sisters, so everyone is, is helped but they're no longer being used in that way. Mm. So instead, what we're going to see is they're using these gifts in a proud, showy, unhelpful way. Mm. They're flaunting these gifts. And what's happening is not only are they flaunting these gifts and using them in unhelpful ways, but the church worship gatherings are becoming this disorganized, indecent, self-glory-seeking performance where each person is trying to outdo everyone else and showing off their abilities. So let's let's see this. Um, chapter 4 and verse 2. One speaks in a tongue, uh, speaks not to man, but to God, for no one understands him. So this is the problem. No one's understanding you. Verse four, um, the one who speaks in the tongue builds up himself, but you're not there for you. You're there for your brothers and sisters. Uh, Verse six to nine, if I come to you speaking in tongues, how will I benefit you unless I bring you something that you can understand, basically? Mm-hmm. And then verse 7 to 9 is this the illustration of musical instruments and trumpets being used in unintelligible unintelligible ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and verse 9, so with yourselves, if with your tongue you utter speech that's not, in, that's not intelligible, how will anyone know what is said? You will be speaking into the air. So all of this is, is 
being used in an unhelpful way. There's more, verse 11, if I do not know the meaning of the language, I will be a foreigner to the speaker and the speaker a foreigner to me. It's a hard word to say in Northern Irish. In <laughs> um, verse 16 to 17, if you give thanks with your spirit, how can anyone in the position of an outsider say amen to your thanksgiving, which he does not know when he doesn't know what you're saying? For you may be given thanks well enough, but the other person is not being built up. Um, so people are using these gifts and they're not focused on building up my brothers and sisters. They're focused basically on themselves as they use these gifts. You know, church, the church gathering, the church community, gospel community, it's meant to be the act of submitting to one another. Yeah. And they've, they've made it a performance. Yeah. Where it's, when, when you perform, you want the accolades, you want something in return. Yeah. When you submit, you're just, you're submitting. You know, you're giving yourself to that person's mm. love. Mm. Right, so, so chapter 10, verse 23 to 24 says that um, we're, we're meant to be seeking the things that build up our brothers and sisters. Let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. So, But they're not living that out in how they're using the sign gifts either, or, or any of the gifts actually. So the, the church gatherings had become these disorganized free-for-alls and had now become this sort of competitive place where people are actually interrupting each other and speaking over the top of each other. Um, and almost this competition of who could be the loudest. And, and it's, it's just not, no one's being helped. No one's being blessed by this. Um, that's, that's chapter 14, verse 26, um, where he says that how come, you know, when you all come together, everyone has a, a hymn, everyone has a lesson, everyone has a revelation, everyone has a tongue, everyone has an, an interpretation. Um, so this is free for all. Verse 33, God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. Um, and then verse 40, all things should be done decently and in order. So we real, we know that these things are not happening. It's, it's a confused fray and it's become disorganized and, and disorderly. Mm-hmm. So that's that's some of the problem of, of what's happening in Corinth when it comes to this division over the sign gifts or they, all the gifts. And here's the thing. if Maybe maybe this is the heart underneath it. If there's confusion and if there's disorder and chaos, then not everyone is involved. Not everyone is included. Mm. So this love is absent from that scenario. Yeah. When everything is spontaneous, when there's no order and there's uh, no peace involved in anything, so there's confusion. Yeah. Yeah. It's lacking love. Yeah. Lacking consideration. You're walking away. Maybe you've got to have your little say on stuff, but no mm-hmm. one's been helped yeah. <laughs> by that experience. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that's sad to remember about, about chapter 12 to 14 is it comes after chapter 1 to 11 where all these other divisive things are taking place Mm -hmm. so these people who have um divided and created factions over favorite teachers these people who have argued with each other over liberty issues these people who are not showing love um when it comes to the hungry and the poor are the ones exercising these gifts uh so this is really a a toxic culture that we're seeing here um Mm -hmm. playing out this is the big problem no i think you're right about it i think i think it's it's a cultural issue. You're, you're seeing it in the way that they're treating each other. There's there's no gospel in their treatment for one another. Yeah. So we, we get to the answer then. So that's the problem. Um, using these gifts in unhelpful ways and sort of seeing them as like a competitive flaunting of each other's gifts rather than a serving my brother and sister. So Paul writes into this um, in chapter 12, 13, and 14. And in chapter 12, he's basically saying that we are different, but we're not divided. Mm. So we're different from one another, but we're not divided from one another. And, you know, verse four to verse six of that chapter is saying, 
you, you all have different gifts and ministries and activities, but it's the same spirit. It's the same Lord. It's the same God who's working behind all of that. So you're, you know, it, it might be these many gifts, but it's one God given all of these different gifts. Mm. That's a good and bad thing, isn't it? Different but divided. Different brings challenges. But it's also um, it's also a beautiful thing because it means that um, the congregation as a whole is more multifaceted. And I know you're going to talk about the component parts yeah. of, a, of a whole yeah. kind of scenario. Mm-hmm. But there's so much more that we can accomplish. There's so much more uh, functionality mm-hmm. to something that is multifaceted. Yeah. No, that's good, man. So we, we are different from one another. Everyone in the church doesn't have the same gifts. Um, but it's God who has given, who has sovereignly decreed what gifts you'll have. Mm. And it's it's for his glory and for his good purposes. And mm. we can trust that that's, that's the case. I actually really like that phrase, component parts of a whole. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're all individual, but component yeah, parts of that whole. Yeah, we, we used the illustration of a, a car as well yesterday. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, it. It all needs to work together in order to go. Um, so verse 7 to verse 11 is talking about uh, each gift is meant to be for the profit of everyone that's there. Mm-hmm. Um, so verse 7, we've already read it, but it's to profit all or for mm-hmm. the common good. So all of our gifts are meant to be used in such a way that brings blessing to my brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. It's really important to, to just keep that as our as our yeah. focus here. As Mel said yesterday, to, uh, helpful to everyone. Yeah, yeah, that's very yeah. helpful to everyone. Um, then verse 12 to 26, we get an illustration of the body um, where he talks about how, he, I mean, he really talks about the gospel in verse 13. <laughs> you know, by one spirit, the Holy Spirit, you're baptized into the, that one body. So you, you, you have trusted in Jesus and you're placed into this body, whether you're a Jew or a Greek or slave or free, and you've all been made to drink into one spirit. So you're all, by God's grace, part of this new body now. So this is the gospel message in verse mm-hmm. 13, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you've been brought in by the Holy Spirit into this body in Jesus Christ. Yeah, and only the gospel can do that. Yeah, and, it, and then this illustration continues of the idea of it being many members of, of one body. We, we kind of laughed about the idea of, if we were all the eyeball, just being one giant eyeball rolling down Hanley, uh, <laughs> it would just be ridiculous. But yeah. we're actually all we're all different, but we all we're, we all need each other. We need the body. Um, mm. Yeah. Even though we're all different from each other, God mm. has decreed in the sovereignty to place us. I mean, verse 11 says that one in the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Mm. You know, so God has given you these gifts so that you can use them f- to bless your brothers and sisters. Mm. Uh, he really needs you. You know what? What the implication here is, and I know we're, we're going on, but the implication here is that um, my brother or sister in the body is God's gift to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like like I need what my brother or sister can give to me. Yeah, it's God's grace in my life is having another member of the body. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we we need it, man. We're we're, we're we really do need our brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Independent living is not is not the way forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even our weak brothers and sisters, we need them. That's what Paul's been arguing as mm-hmm. well in this little section. We need our weak brothers and sisters. We need our strong brothers and sisters. We, we really do need each other. Uh, then he plays that down into verse 27 to 31, where he says, he, he breaks out of the illustration and he says, now you're the body of Christ and members individually. So just like in a body, you, need, you have different body parts that make up the whole and they all need each other. So in the body of Christ, we're all different, but we we actually need each other. So that's the first thing he's saying. And chapter 13 is, or chapter 12 is, you're different, but you're not divided. 
you, you, you do all have different roles and different gifts, but that's God's sovereign decree and you just need each other. So you're, you're mm. meant to be united in these differences. Mm. Chapter yeah, 12. Cool. So chapter 13, we get into gifted, but without love. So you've mm. got the gifts, but you don't have love. Um, so you want to get verse one to verse three? Yeah. Verse one. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I've become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Well, so we asked, they asked that question last night, if we have all these things and not love, what, like, give me the stokey version of what this looks like, like, say this in a sentence. Uh, and uh, I think it was Mandy said, like, it's worthless. Yeah. You know, to worthless. do all this stuff without love is worthless. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm nothing. It profits me nothing. So, yeah. 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 Um, so, so all the noise of our, of our voices is like a sounding brass or clanging cymbal. Yeah. I remember that was one of the most frustrating things for me in the studio was when our drummer was trying to get his cymbals adjusted correctly. Hmm. He'd hit it over and over again, and we're there trying to re- rehearse over our bits. <laughs> Just this this noise, this, this <laughs> overwhelming noise. Yeah. And and all of our words and all of our poems or this or that or, yeah, or whatever's going on here. Um, yeah, it's, it's nothing. It's unprofitable. Yeah, man. It's chaos. So having these gifts and doing all the work of ministry or, or, and exercising your gifts – but not having love is worthless. Mm. And we were saying last night, it would be actually far better that someone who was less qualified than you, but had a heart full of love would do it than you who's fully qualified, but don't have love. Like mm. that would actually be the better choice. You know, I mean, you'd hope for someone who's fully qualified, full of love <laughs> to be doing it. Mm. But if we have to pick and choose, I, I would rather have someone full of love who's a bit less able to do it than the yeah. person who's got the gift, but is doesn't have love in their hearts for it. And I think that flips our understanding of qualification for ministry on its mm-hmm. head as well. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times, if, if if a church is like looking for a pastor, yeah. the primary thing is like, what are his qualifications? Right, right. You know, what's, what's, what's he done before? What type of education does he have? How is he prepared for this? Yeah. And very rarely do churches actually do like character references yeah. on pastors, and they should. Mm. You know, are yeah. they a loving, compassionate individual? Yeah. And this plays into every aspect of church ministry, yeah. Sunday school teaching, uh, doing the music and the worship, um, te- teaching, uh, t- leading a small group, like whatever, whatever. The question is not, am I able and am I available? The question is, is my heart motivated by love? Am I, am I overflowing with love through what Jesus Christ is, is given me? Uh, mm-hmm. The gospel is filling me with love. And then through love, I'm serving my brothers and sisters. So he's not saying I shouldn't give to the poor. He's saying, it's it's worthless if mm-hmm. my giving to the poor is not motivated by a heart of love. It's just worthless. It, mm-hmm. It's got no. It's no good. So verse four to seven is this is the characteristic of love. Beautiful verses, um, and it's just saying love must be the motive of everything we do within the church, mm-hmm. not within the church building, but within the church context, within that community. Love must be the motive of everything we do, um, and then it gives us this description of, of what it really looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, go so, ahead. I was just going to say in any. Any form of Christian service that lacks love is not Christian at all. Yeah. That's like, the, at yeah. all. Yeah. Like, there's nothing Christ-like, or because Christian is Christ once, right? Mm-hmm. Little Christ. Mm-hmm. There's nothing Christ-like 
mm-hmm. about those who do any Christian service, inverted commas, without love. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Just so, yeah, we talked about this, like, just like in chapter 11 where he says, you're not gathering to eat the Lord's table. Mm-hmm. And they were calling the Lord's table. And like, it's not because it's no longer... Um, you know, it no longer embodies Christ and what he's done. Mm-hmm. So your Christian service is no longer Christian <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. if you're not doing it with love. Mm-hmm. Um, so then verse 8 to 13 is telling us basically that love is going to last longer than anything. It's going to last longer than the gifts mm-hmm. that you're using. It's going to la- last longer than the ministry that you're involved in. It's going to last longer than the program that you're so passionate about. Um, mm-hmm. It will last longer than any of these things. Verse 8 says that. And then it goes on to say it's going to last longer than faith because faith will give way to sight and it's going to last longer than hope because hope um, will, will, I'll, I'll experience the, what I hope for. It's, it's the Phil Jones of uh, spiritual gifts. Uh, <laughs> so there's this player for Manchester United, his name is Phil Jones, and he's been around for well over a decade now. And he's one of the worst players that we've had since the beginning. And somehow year after year, he's injured year after year. Hmm. But they renew his contract <laughs> over and over again. So all these incredible, flashy players have come and gone. <laughs> and somehow Phil Jones, he's just getting ready to leave. But he's, he's been around for like 11, 12 years inexplicably, you <laughs> well, know? Yeah. But there was all the flashy players, you know? But then mm. you have this kind of normal bloke that's there the whole time. And, that's cool. and love isn't always the flashy thing, isn't it? It's, it's not always, you know, what people view as extravagant. But yeah. uh, it will outlive and outlast all of yeah. The other ones. Yeah. So some people would take this chapter and say, oh, that it's when scripture is complete. That's when the gifts go away. And some people say it's when Jesus comes. That's when mm-hmm. the gifts go away. But the point is the gifts one day are going to go away. Mm-hmm. Love is going to stay. Yeah. So for all eternity and the new creation, mm-hmm. love's going to stay. That's why it's so important. That's yeah. why it, it must be the foundation of all that we do. So then we get into chapter 14. So he's told us in chapter 12, we're different, but not divided. <clears throat> in chapter 13, the problem of having gifts, but without love. And then chapter 14 is how to use these gifts in a loving way. Um, so verse 1 says, pursue love. So that's how he starts for chapter 14. Everything we do should be mm. with the pursuit of, of, of love is our, is our first question, is our first sort of, um, our first our foundational motive for what we're doing is that we love God and that we love our brothers and sisters as we walk in there to do that ministry, to use that gift it has to be love first and foremost. That's so good. Yeah. So everything else flows out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second thing then is it has to be motivated by the desire to build up your brothers and sisters. So verse 12, um, even so, since you're zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. Mm-hmm. You want to get better at your gift? Uh, cool. But make sure it's for the edification of the church. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Um, verse 26 says similar <coughs> things again. Um, at the end, let all things be done for edification. And verse 31, for you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged. Mm. So all learn, all encourage. That's the sex. So pursue love and seek to build up your brothers and sisters mm. as you exercise mm. these gifts. Mm. Yeah, that's good. And, and that's, that's a prerequisite for actually Christian service as well. Just like love is edification is as well. Yeah. Third thing then is to seek to do it in a peaceable and orderly way. Um, verse mm-hmm. 33, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. And then verse 40, let all things be done decently and in order. So, mm-hmm. you know, am, am I motivated by love? Am I seeking to build up my brothers and sisters? Am I doing it in a peaceful and orderly way? That's the answer to, to the problem of division in Corinth. 
Um, so Jesus is the answer in the sense of remember who you are and then remember what Jesus has done for you. Remember who you are. So gospel truth, gospel identity, live that out, gospel practice. And we're going to see then in Corinth, a gospel community um, play out then. It's really good. Yeah. And, and if, so, so if, if peace, if, if peace is not the end product of what I do, then that's obviously not from God. Wow. Yeah, man. That's James 3, isn't it? The yeah. wisdom from above is this peaceful fruit of righteousness mm. that's that's harvested out in the end. It's, it's one of the fruit um, of the Spirit, you know what I mean? Mm. And, and so if if what I'm doing in the name of Christ is not producing that, if that's mm. not the fruit of it, then it's not come from God. Wow, man. So love, edification, and peace yeah. is, is the goal and the motivation and the goal of all of this. So uh, bringing it to the 21st century, there's four questions I mm. felt would be helpful to ask as you exercise your gifts, your skills, and your talents in the church, not just in the Sunday mornings, but in any context of church life. Um, so question was, is question was, question one <laughs> is, am I using the gifts, the skills, and talents that God has given me uh, motivated by a heart of love for my brothers and sisters? Mm-hmm. So that's question one. You have to ask that. And if you're not, if someone's not motivated by that, repent you know, run to Jesus and, and repent and then go do it. But like, don't just do it. Don't, oh, I'm not motivated by love. I'm going to do it anyway because I'm needed. Remember the last year, you're not needed. You're loved. Mm. So make sure your heart is motivated by love as you do this. That's, that's really good. And I think maybe there's a lesson for our growth group setting here is um, when, we're, when we're doing growth groups, we're meant to be encouraging one another, um, building one another up. Growth groups is actually, when we have our discussion time, it's actually not a teaching opportunity mm-hmm. for those at the table. The teaching's already occurred. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. So it's not it's not you trying to sort out your brothers and sisters at the table mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. show them how much you know or how much theology you mm-hmm. you've learned. But actually the point is saying, right, what we've talked about, here's how I struggle with it and here's the gospel solution mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. Um it's confessing your faults to one another. Mm-hmm. It's trying to build one another up, but it's not an opportunity for you to show off yeah. how much information you have. Yeah, that's it, man. So and if you're motivated by love, that'll it'll not look mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. It'll be very different. So am I motivated by love? Question two, am I allowing the gifts, skills, and talents God has given me to build up my brothers mm-hmm. and sisters? Mm-hmm. So look around. Have these gifts, skills, and talents actually blessed? Have they been for the common good? Have they been to the profit of all? Um, or is it simply to profit you in some way, which is what was happening in chapter 14? So yeah, uh, is it motivated by love? Is it, be, are my using in a way that builds up my brothers and sisters in their faith um, to help them continue in the faith? Mm-hmm. That's question two. Question three, am I using these gifts, skills, and talents that God has given me to point people to myself or to point people to Jesus? Mm. Are these gifts being used to point people to Christ? Because that's ultimately the whole point is to point people to him. There's such a difference between the former and the latter, but it's still such a fine line. Mm. Um, and, and again, if if it's the latter, myself, and not the former, then the Holy Spirit wasn't the root of it. Because Jesus mm. said when he comes, he's Man. going to point us to Christ. Yeah. So yeah. if I've given a testimony, if I've sang a song, if I've been part of discussion, if I've prayed mm. and people were thinking about me right. rather than about Jesus, right. then the Holy Spirit wasn't the root of what I was doing. Man. Yeah. That's well. Yeah, that's it. So love, edification, pointing people to Jesus. And then finally, am I using the gifts, skills, and talents God has given me in an orderly, peaceful, calm mm. way? Or mm. am I a 
you know, am I a whirlwind? Am I help? Am I creating chaos? Am I creating confusion? Am I doing this in an unhelpful, you know, way that jars people and gets people riled and, mm. you know, just things like that. Start asking questions like that as well. Mm. So am I using it in an orderly, peaceful way that, that that's mm. motivated by love for the common good of all, pointing people to Jesus in an orderly, peaceful way? That's what, that's how to not be divisive when you're coming to using these, these gifts that God has given us. Mm. Um, so, so that's the gifts. Very quickly, I want to get to chapter 16, verse 20, and just very, very quickly, because um, we're finishing Corinthians, worship first Corinthians. Um, and chapter 16, verse 20 ends with greet one another with a holy kiss. Mm-hmm. And that was, we've already covered this in Romans, but imagine the Christians in Corinth reading this letter and being convicted about their sins of division, the four things we've looked at, and then getting to the end where it says, greet one another with a holy kiss. How, how beautiful that that day would have been that day if if they read it and repented <laughs> you know what a beautiful day that would have been yeah, imagine being one of the bystander christians mm. uh, that was there that really wanted peace yeah, that really yeah. wanted to see yeah. all of that take place it's, yeah and then imagine seeing this actually play out in front of you yeah it's gorgeous man yeah. and what it looks like is you know <clears throat> i'm of paul i'm of cephas and those factions saying you know what we can enjoy both mm-hmm. and i love that you mm-hmm. love peter and um, and I, you know, Peter's been a blessing to me as well. <laughs> and, you know, I like Paul and, and coming together and saying, actually, we can listen to them all and benefit from them all. Um, it, it looks like the brothers who've been dividing over their, their meat saying, you know what, brother, you eat that meat and, or, you know what, brother, I'm not going to do that in front of you anymore in front that, that, that was unkind of me. I'm sorry. Uh, it looks like the ones who were divided over socioeconomic reasons, you know, them waiting for one another from now on saying, Hey, let's wait for our brothers to come. Um, and, and, uh, you know, Hey, come and sit beside me. How was your day? You know, uh, and now they're united with one another. Um, and then these people here using their sign gifts in these showy ways saying, you know what? That was unkind. That was unhelpful. I interrupted, you you know, I'm sorry. Um, Mm -hmm. so if they all repented, what would next Sunday look like? (laughs) You know, exactly. these holy kisses of genuine friendship Mm -hmm. and affection and familial love for one another. Um, the people who were shunning each other, offended by each other, humiliating each other, showing off in front of each other, now embracing each other again as a family in Jesus and asking each other for forgiveness. That's that cool. is only possible through the gospel. Yeah. Um, I can only obey verse 20, greet one another with a holy kiss as I marinate in the gospel, which is verse 23, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you to accomplish this. Yeah. Um, and as I do that, um, as I marinate myself in the gospel, the Holy Spirit will use me. I'll be filled with the Holy Spirit yeah. and will use me. And this will, what Paul's been commanding in all this book will be, yeah. be lived out. So imagine the next love feast, you know, mm-hmm. the difference. Imagine the next worship service. and Imagine next Sunday when they read this for the first time, repented, and uh, came together as brothers and sisters. But Living imagine out. what a difference this can make in our church. Yeah, that's we what we want. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we want to see. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, imagine it in Corinth and then you know, what, where, where do you think that needs to happen in, in your life and in the life mm-hmm. of your church family? So, That's yeah. Good. Thank you for listening to the Baldy Bishops podcast. If you have any questions or comments, you can contact us at baldybishops at gmail.com and we don't have social media. So you can get hold of us on the Blurton Baptist Facebook or Instagram. Let's go get a new cake. Cool.